Hello everyone and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we are talking about G.I. Joe's, a real American hero, number six from the Marvel run. Jaron, I guess we should just go ahead and get this out of the way and talk a little bit about uh, where this journey has taken us. A couple days ago, I was discussing with Jaron how... I wasn't sure if I would be able to convey the Russian accents required for reading this issue. And that took me down a vicious rabbit hole. (laughs) And so I want everyone to be prepared because I have gone online and hired up and coming voice actors to do all of the October Guard dialogue in the hopes that it will uh, help better paint the image that we're trying to create that it'll be more engaging as we go through the book and will ultimately justify the unfortunate amount of money that's shelled out in order to make it happen. I'm just going to imagine like no offense to any of these voice actors, but in my head canon, it's going to be you doing all these voices. (laughs) That's me. It's the man of the man of many voices. I was specifically looking for people that actually were Russian to do like to give them most legitimate accuracy to it. And then once I was reading this issue, it's pretty unkind to the, to Russians in general, um, <laughs> because of the era that this book is published. Uh, we're in a, on extremely unfriendly terms with Russia overall in, in a post cold war era. So I thought, man, should I put some kind of disclaimer? Like, Hey, I promise we're not, lampooning you here we're just trying to report it as it was written so anyway prepare yourself for a little audio theater with this one as we try to take it up a notch okay so issue six to fail is to conquer to succeed is to die ancient afghan proverb let's take a look at this cover real quick before we get into it I think this cover is, is pretty striking. I think it pales in comparison to the next cover that follows up with this story and especially in terms of covers that are that really are iconic in the early issues, but this is a is I feel this cover is quite a bit different than the other issues in the run. It's not conveying quite as much action as the other books normally do, uh, but it still kind of sets the stage for the story. You basically have a close-up shot of Cobra Commander's face mask, like his battle mask, and it's split in half. And on one side we see the GHO team. Now, the other side, we see the October Guard. And, of course, if you were reading this book for the first time, you wouldn't know who those guys are at all. So it would kind of draw you in with the, the enticement that there's you know a whole new cast of characters being unveiled. They've also got some cool, like, there's like a cool, like, Kirby-esque bubble effect going around that really kind of captures that 70s, 80s era uh, comic book art. What's uh, what's your thought on this cover? Yeah, I uh, I was in that boat where like if you hadn't teased that this was the first appearance of the October Guard, I would have been like, who are these Joes? <laughs> 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 like it it gave me uh, flashbacks to uh, no pun intended, but the uh, the the iconic Flash cover where where uh, you know you got Jay Garrick and Barry Allen kind of running around that brick wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, it gave me that, so I was like, "Oh, what are these guys doing? Like, they're gonna turn the corner and be like, hey, <laughs> what are you guys doing here?'" That's I true. This I, was our mission. 
I guess so, if you look, I guess if you look at it from a, the unknown, you could be like, are these like a mirror universe guys, like Bizarro GI Joe team? Uh, and I guess in some ways they are really. But the October Guard would go on to be a mainstay in the GI Joe book, uh, off and on for many, many, many years. Uh, and although their roster would change and their role would kind of fluctuate a little bit, they're an interesting third element to add to the GI Joe universe. I like the October Guard a lot. And I think they have a lot of, there's a lot of character there, a lot of potential. And yeah, that's basically it. I'll have a lot more to say about the next issue's cover because it's an absolute mainstay when people think about like top 10 covers of the book. So uh, with that in mind, let's go ahead and get let's crack this bad boy open and see what we got. So we open up at McGuire Air Force Base in New Jersey. We've got some planes flying in with an escort. Here are Joe's delivered right to your doorstep, courtesy of your friendly neighborhood tactical air support. So long, jocks. See y'all next time around. So Joe's are flying in on a big, I don't know, is that a C-130, maybe? That's what I would say. It's kind of the, the classic cargo plane that the Joe's tend to use. Yeah. Is, is the, are those conquests or just some... This would be pre-conquest. I'm guessing that they are, it's not like an official Joe vehicle. And since the Joes themselves aren't piloting them, it's supposed to be based off some, I don't know, some craft of that era that did support. So the Joes are coming off of the plane. looks like the whole team is there. Zap is like, no lie, man, that last mission was a rough one. You think that was hairy? Wait until you see how Clutch drives us back to Fort Wadsworth. So the Joes are just coming back from a mission that we've not been privy to. And I guess it was a quite the gangbuster because they it, they literally the whole team was on it and that doesn't hasn't happened since the first issue 15 minutes later they're rolling into the hq company motor pool don't slow down now clutch you might give the state troopers and mps a chance to catch up to us that'll be the day sides ain't stopping till we're three levels underground kind of looks like an apc minus the cover that they're driving yeah. in on there but the apc at this point also hadn't been unveiled so maybe that was some early prototyping three levels underground in the pit looks like everybody's kind of settling in and they're debriefing and got some yocho cola out you know this is one of my favorite comic panels that i've seen in this comic and i'm sure you know why because the vamp is because the vamp is right there (laughs) prominently featured (laughs) i definitely want this hunk of armor between me and the bad guys next time out Forget it, Steeler. That's just a big target. I'd rather be moving fast than my vamp. Vehicle, assault, multi-purpose. Right, Zap? <laughs> Makes no difference to me, Clutch. When a bullet has your name on it, ain't nothing going to stop it. I do appreciate that when Clutch name drops the vamp, he also lets his fellow people know what it stands for. In case, yeah. in case, in case six issues, forgot. yeah, in case you've been using it all this time, but you needed to know what the acronym was. That way you know which one to buy when you go into the store. <laughs> Come on, Scarlet. What do you say we march on down to the rec room and play a few rounds of Space Invaders? Another reason why it's just one of the best comic panels. <laughs> I mean, we got Yojo Cola, we got Bubblegum popping, we got a Vamp, we got Space Invaders. All the classic 80 tropes that you could want. <laughs> There's a flat top in there. As they're cutting back and talking to each other, Hawk comes walking up the stairs with a solemn look on his face. I wouldn't get too comfortable, gang. Uh-oh, Hawk's got that. I got a mission look all over his face. I guess that's why I'm such a lousy poker player. Stalker's right. We've got another mission. Dang, I must be getting psychotic. You mean psychic. That too. 
<laughs> I just received the word word from General Flag. He wants this mission to be on a strict all volunteer basis. Hasn't the general heard? This is an all volunteer army. Hey, can I take my tank this time? They need beaches where we're going? We could use some fun in the sun. Stow the questions for now. I'll explain the whole game plan in five minutes in the briefing room. Cut to... Oh, I love how in that last panel you just see it coming through the vents. Like, they just want to make sure, like... I, I actually, like, I really appreciate it. Like, hey, like, this is all taking place underground. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a hush-hush. Yeah, I think the pencils in this book are uh, quite a bit better than we've seen in previous books. Like, Trimpy's really starting to kind of, like, find a flow for what the characters look like. And it, it's ex- it's exceptional. Cut to the briefing room where they are viewing, like, a slideshow or some, like, surveillance footage. Two days ago, a top-secret Russian spycraft crash-landed in the Hindu Kush mountain range of Afghanistan. The plane and pilot are now in the hands of Afghani rebel hill tribesmen. We've known for some time that the Russians are testing all sorts of new hardware in Afghanistan. Seems they were using this prototype anti-gravity device to ferret out rebel bases. The rebels have it now, and they're willing to let us cart it away if the price is right. So we're looking, they show the, like this incredibly science fiction-y looking plane drone thing that's got like an antenna coming out of it and some, some kind of anti-gravity device. We've got a CIA liaison team there right now getting the plane ready to go. But the Russians are closing in fast, and we have reason to believe that Cobra Command, the worldwide terrorist organization, is on the hunt to boot. Our job is to beat both Ivan and Cobra to the punch. Sounds like a stacked deck to me. Weird that they call Cobra Cobra Command. I mean, I guess at this point they still want every issue to be a jumping on point, but much like telling us the name of the VAMP acronym, it's weird to hear the term Cobra Command, the worldwide terrorist organization. <laughs> As if we don't all know. And then there's uh, they have a big map of the Afghanistan area with Iran and kind of the affected areas that they'll be involved in. There are no landing fields or paved roads in those mountains, so we'll have to take the plane out overland by a rough terrain vehicle. We'll drop the RTV components in by chute and assemble it on the spot. We'll talk a little bit about this when they actually break this bad boy out, but the RTV is not a real vehicle. It's one of many vehicles created in this first year that didn't ever visualize. I don't know if it was created on the spot, was maybe a vehicle that they had pitched that didn't come through. We're not really sure what happened to the RTV, where it came from and where it went, but it, to this day, never got made. It gives me like a like an unarmored Havoc vibe, though. Yeah, I mean, that, like, ball joint in the center kind of makes me think of, like, the Mean Dog, which broke mm-hmm. apart into threes. Um, certainly when you see it, like, actually out and about, like, the wheels are super large, so it has, like, a kind of a crazy monster truck vibe, too. Um, a great concept. I mean, it would have been a stellar vehicle, no doubt about it. Could be just another workshopping for an APC-type vehicle. Yeah, it wouldn't have taken a lot of work, I don't think, to to make it happen i mean you could have you could have done it and we would have bought it (laughs) by following old smugglers trails we could bypass populated areas and hopefully avoid the russians and cobra too final destination will be karachi pakistan where the team will rendezvous with the transport ship flying neutral colors i need six volunteers one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve i see 12 hands so who didn't volunteer one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 
Maybe six people did. They just raised both their hands. They were very excited. No, specifically, someone is not volunteering. And I want to know who it is. Snake Eyes. I mean, that would be the go-to, right? Because there's no black gloved hand. I mean, and I, I don't see him in this issue yet. It could be this guy toward on the lower left has kind of a gray. could be like him with an ungloved hand. I'm going to choose that Snake Eyes was just like, nope. I'm getting too detail-oriented about it, and the coloring doesn't <laughs> do us any favors. Snake Eyes, yeah, you're, Snake Eyes is right. Snake Eyes is like, buddy, I do enough for you guys. Yeah, you guys can do one without me. I figured as much. Anyway, 12 of 13 hands in the air. So Hawk is like, I figured as much. And that's why I took the liberty of pre-choosing the mission members. Steeler drives the RTV. Clutch will ride point in the vamp. You've got an hour to collect your gear and get out on the flat line. So our roster for this mission is Stalker, Scarlet, Clutch, Steeler, Grand Slam, Breaker. Pretty great team. One hour later, cut to the same exact plane taken off with our members in it. Hey, Scarlet, I hear you're going to be riding shotgun on the RTV. What of it, Clutch? Well, if you get tired of staring at Steeler's ugly mud, maybe you can ride point with me and we could uh, run out of gas somewhere. Frankly, Clutch, I'd sooner have a date with Clint Eastwood's baboon. <laughs> That's a nod to uh, Any Which Way with Loose, if I'm not mistaken, which was the one of the two Clint Eastwood movies that would have been out around this time. And this is also another classic Clutch as a sleazeball era where he's wants will talk to any woman that will allow him to talk to i feel like running out of gas is just a little too far like like you know you could you could imagine him quoting any number of cheesy country songs but instead he chose to like get actually stuck yeah yeah we'll just we'll just go into uh afghanistan and just run out of gas it'll be fine it's your loss babe (laughs) don't call me babe you grease monkey cool it both of you meanwhile in the communications bunker of the gi joe command center Cobra Central, this is Songbird. Do you read me? This is Cobra Central. What is the code word? The code word is chameleon. That is correct. Proceed with message. Over. Intruder mission is now airborne and will arrive in Afghanistan on schedule. The team has six members and is equipped with two vehicles. Once into Pakistan, they will be off their guard. Research should provide optimum point for interception. Suddenly this faceless shadow comes out into the light and we see that it is G.I. Joe Commander Hawk conveying information to Cobra themselves. Question mark exclamation point. Thank you, Songbird. This is Cobra Central signing off. This is Songbird signing off. So Hawk has given up all the information on what they're doing. Why for you do this, Hawk? I thought we were friends. But it is only the sixth issue, so I guess uh, it wouldn't have been outside the realm of possibility to think, well... Maybe they do have an, a traitor. Maybe we don't know. Certainly, reading this as a young child, I was this type of level of like intrigue and espionage, or unlike double, triple agent, you know, mishandling mm-hmm. that stuff was all well over my head. Like, I was, it would take a lot for me to like under, really understand why stuff like this was happening. There's another issue later that we're coming up on where there's like, they, where they use the Joe team as like bait essentially to accomplish a more important mission, basically that for us, I was as a young kid was like, what, <laughs> why? Like it was really hard for me to understand the logistics of the, how a military force would really work and how they would sell their people out to, for a higher purpose. 
hours later, high above the towering Hindu Kush mountains in northern Afghanistan. Red light on your feet. Hook up. Check equipment. Green light. Go. Parachutes come paralleling out of the back of the plane as they hit the ground. Looks like we missed the drop zone by a country mile. Not a soul in sight. And then suddenly all these rock-looking things in their territory pop up and they're armed to the teeth. Please do give password. Rebels, I thought they were rocks. The password? Quick snatch. The counter password? Giant killer. I am Ahmed, chief of this humble tribe. Please to accept apology for being too cautious. Russians are very tricky. This man, he is your CIA liaison. Uh, so there's a guy in a black jacket with a red hat. And he's got shades on. Pretty standard CIA dude. Mm-hmm. Agent Smith. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Looks like these Himalayan hillbillies really cut you guys with your pants down. If they'd been the October Guard, the top Russian assault team, you'd be buzzard meat right now. Look, you tend to your business and we'll tend to ours. You want to be helpful, you give a hand with the crates. And if they ain't excited enough for you, you can just grab a machine gun and join our team. Pay small attention to your CIA man. When he arrived, we scared him so bad he'd drop his gun and surrender before he remembered password. <laughs> Come, my friend, let me show you to your cargo. We had it good in Deep Mountain Cave. Here, we pack Russian plane and crates your CIA man bring us. We work hard to bring plane here, carry by hand. But all for good cause if we could hurt Russians. Russians have planes and tanks. We have rifles and knives. We lose many brothers, but still we fight. When you go back to America, you remember us, huh? Send us a few thousand anti-tank guns and maybe some ground-to-air missiles, huh? Think you might settle for a couple of AWOX planes? So, let's take a second here and talk a little bit about, politically, what's going on in the 80s. This, to a younger reader might seem confusing that a u.s military team is helping uh, afghanistan against russia but in a post-cold war era early 80s russia was still basically enemy number one and this is also in a pre-9-11 environment where the politics of Afghanistan are not the same as they are now uh, by any means. Jaron, do you have do you have any insight into the, what was kind of going on at this time? Yeah, so just real quick, this was, what year was this released? This book probably came out in 82, 83. Yeah, I, I noticed the cover, it said December, so I wasn't sure if it was December of 82 or December of 83. So, so the Soviets in, invaded in 79. They invaded Afghanistan, right? So mm-hmm. this is kind of a this was kind of a big thing. Leading up to that, they they had pretty much sworn off. Like the U.S. was like, they're not going to go for Afghanistan. They're going to go for like Iran or something. And then the the Russians just kind of took over. There was a lot of like there was a coup and uh, it was kind of a crazy time. And uh, the the U.S. quote unquote backing. Um, had started kind of right before, like they had, they had basically made verbiage to where, Hey, we'll give you money to help out, whatever the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The interesting thing, cause I had to do a little bit of research to get the, the, the rough estimate is you, you want to know how much it is. It is estimated that they gave the, uh, Mujahideen. Mm, yeah. So, so from 79 to 92, it's estimated that they gave them over $20 billion worth of stuff. Sheesh. 
So that's training, that is equipment. Um, so the first couple of years, it was minor weapons and things like that. But then as the Russians ramped up, the big thing that, that was the kind of the turning point for the, they were called the Mujahideen. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, it's one who engages in jihad. Jihad is like a suffering for a praiseworthy cause. So that's Mujahideen is what these guys would have been called. Uh, still called, I believe. Uh, I'm not super well versed on what they're doing now, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they the U.S. developed anti-air missiles called the Stinger. So that would have been what this guy's uh, ground-to-air missiles is what he that that would be called a Stinger is what what they had developed in '81, I believe, is when mm -hmm. they released it, uh, and that was pretty widely regarded as the turning point because that allowed these guys to do kind of what they did with the Joes. They'll be hiding out in the rocks. And the Soviets are just trying to fight the way that they fought in World War II, the same way the U.S. fought in World War II, where it's just, hey, let's bomb the crap out of these things. But you're fighting in the countryside, so you don't know where you're bombing. Mm -hmm. Right. And these guys are just going to pop up, shoot a missile, and take your aircraft down. So it became not worth it. You know, there's not a return on investment, pretty much. You're sending out a million-dollar aircraft, and it's getting shot down by one guy with a, arm, with a rocket launcher. Right, um, and it it actually got so bad that the U.S. had to start trying to buy them back because they had given <laughs> so many of them out that they were like, "Wait, what if we ever have to do anything?" Like, <laughs> wow, we've given them a lot of stuff, so they were they were actually doing buybacks. Um, and to bring the real world into it, um, there's a lot of debate among people, a lot of a lot of more conspiracy theorist people that believe in that kind of stuff, which I'm not saying is a bad thing or a good thing, you know, whatever, make your own decisions. But they believe that the U S helped create Osama bin Laden, people of that through this kind of program, through funding these people, a lot of the, the bigger, more well-known experts will say, no, those guys weren't, you know, we weren't giving it to those guys. We were giving it to these other people. I don't know about that. Cause I wasn't there. So, but it's just interesting that this is the kind of thing that the U S is like, well, we're not going to fight them openly, but, it was a pretty open thing. I mean, we made a comic book about how we're, <laughs> you know, sure. we're giving them help. It was in the like zeitgeist, basically. Yeah. For, yeah. And it seems like the exact sort of thing that Larry, who likes to write based on reality, would pick up on and incorporate. But I think, and that's all great information. Uh, I think that that is an important context to have. If you're a younger reader or a newer reader, that this would seem kind of odd and by today's standards, certainly. Yeah, this is like this is like height of like that, not Cold War, but like definitely still a Cold War esque thing. Like this is like mm -hmm. pretty brazen uh, of them to have invaded, and so the U.S. was like, "Well, that's not happening." So, so with all that in mind, back to <laughs> now, back to our story. So. The team has broken out the crates, which contain the parts for the RTV. And Stalker is explaining it to the, uh, the Rebels. This is our rough terrain vehicle, the RTV. Each component is light enough to be dropped by chute and can be easily lifted by six people. There's hardly any steel in it, mostly plastic, aluminum, and foam composite. Low in weight, but high in structural strength. Amazing. Let's see how long it takes to put together. Stalker brings up his little wristwatch. Uh, five minutes in, they're sliding some stuff together. Ten minutes in, they've got some universal joints coming together. Fifteen minutes. Uh, this must be the economy model. No hubcaps. 
and 23 <laughs> minutes on the dot and it's ready to roll. And it is, again, this is a pretty big panel that really showcases it. It's a big vehicle. And as, as very like 80s future is kind of what it mm-hmm. makes me think of. It's got big balloon tires and kind of like a gigantic um, action, well, not canopy, but what would you call that? Like a like a platform? Yeah, yeah, like a seating platform. Uh, and it's got some guns on the front and there's some turrets on the top. I mean, it's a cool looking vehicle. I've said it, you know, I said it before, I'll say it again. This vehicle sticks in my memory after all these years and it would be high on my list of stuff that never got produced that I think deserves, you know, st- still deserves a piece of the pie uh, even after all these years. And will never be featured again. I guess I should go ahead and mention that as well. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, and I don't know where it went. But this is the one and only. What are we waiting for? Let's get this show on the road. Take it easy, Steeler. Scarlet's got to get our cargo loaded first. Align the crate with the back of the cargo platform. So they're putting this big crate on the on their. They have like a storage platform. Steeler brings the crane up, and Breakers stands by with the attachment ring, and they lower it onto the the little hook that the crate's got and then they load it up. It's like a perfect vehicle for moving stuff around basically in a rocky terrain. My friends, it is time for you to depart. Farewell. May Allah blind the Russians to your passing. Thank you, Ahmed. I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best to see that you get your anti-tank guns and your ground-to-air missiles. I'm sure you will, my friends. CIA guy's like, well, Stalkers is a two-bit line infantryman. He can't promise you anything. He is a fighting man. So, I knew you wouldn't understand. <laughs> so, kind of like this bond between two men that fight uh, on the front that actually know what it's like to be in the thick of battle. Know that, you know, he, maybe he can't promise you anything, but he'll he'll do his best. Like, he'll he's a man of his word, basically. Mm-hmm. Several miles out. How's she handling, Steeler? Not bad, Scarlet. A little sluggish on acceleration, but we're not out to win the Indy 500. It's about time for a communications check. Right you are. This is Steeler in the driver's seat. All stations report in. So we can kind of see how everybody on the team is incorporated into the RTV. Breakers main in the communications panel. All channels open and clear. Flash is at the weapons control station. All turrets locked and loaded. Scarlet's at the navigation console. Directional beams functioning and map readouts holding true. Stalker and clutch riding point. Nothing ahead but rocks and more rocks. So it's pretty cool to see like the whole, you know, there's our, here's our six-person team. They all have a responsibility. They're in a vehicle that has like stations that have to be manned, and they all are manning them. I like that a lot. Yeah, it makes it to where you can really see like, okay, why he chose these people for it. You know, Stewart yeah, drives absolutely. tanks, so of course he's going to want to drive this. You got your communications guy, you know, da-da-da-da-da, so on and so forth. Yeah, Absolutely. As they drive over these rocks, we pan out to a small cliff setting and we see two people overwatching them. October 1. This is October 2. They are headed our way. We shall proceed to our pre-designated position. One hour later, slow down clutch looks like there's a deep rut up ahead. A rut? Looks more like the Grand Canyon. Vamp comes up close right on the edge of this very large ravine. No chance of going around it, huh? Are you kidding? Looks like it goes on for miles. I don't understand this. A ravine this size is a major geographical feature, and it's not on our chart. Clutch, again, being a classy dude. Ain't that just like a woman? Scarlet's trying to get us across Afghanistan with the Girl Scout trail map. (laughs) Shot. 
whizzes by, clutches head. Hey, I was just kidding, Scarlet. That's not Scarlet. That's a Russian AK-47 assault rifle. Excuse my dust. So they open up on them. Machine gun fire is going everywhere. They die for cover behind the vamp. Big A-plus points to Stalker for uh, identifying the Russian AK-47 assault rifle by sound. That's uh, that's some good military work. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm surprised you could tell exactly which one it was, but you can definitely mm. tell the difference between what would have been a standard M16 and an, and a, and an AK. Mm-hmm. Um, those AKs are loud. They are. If you've <laughs> ever shot one, holy cow, they are way louder than you would think that a, a gun that size would be. Steeler gets on the horn. Hey, what's going on down there? And then his... He gets lit up as well, and as he narrowly avoids some gunfire. Flash, can you get a fix on that hostile fire? Flash is on the aft scanner. Got it, Steeler. I'm picking up muzzle flashes and laying down fire suppression with my top turrets. So these automated guns on the top swing around, start shooting at them. Uh, the vamp also has the little turret in the back that is rotated around and is firing, and the stalker is firing and returning fire as well. Oh! Americanski dogs, lay down your arms. You are pinned down and cannot escape. You know what I just uh, I just realized is a design flaw on the vamp. What's that? Gas Those cans? Those gas cans are just sitting there, <laughs> just completely <laughs> <Yeah>. exposed. <laughs> like, <laughs> this image does really lay out. Hey, there's some pretty big explosives right here on the back if you're looking for something to shoot up i mean i guess if it blew up maybe it would you know because it's not like contained maybe it wouldn't blow the whole vehicle up but Mm -hmm. it'd be hard to imagine the weapons working after they blew up yeah it's still not a great idea yeah not great i'll agree with you (laughs) get Steeler on the horn and tell him to shift that overgrown beach buggy into action he heard you stalker calm lines open sorry guys can't help you without exposing our cargo to their fire but maybe i can draw them out into the open Hop aboard your vamp and hang on. So they take the crane that was basically for their cargo and attach it to the top of the vamp so he can like pick it up and lift <laughs> it across the ravine. I know what Steeler has in mind, and I don't like it. Just keep firing and don't look down. Now we get our first look at the actual October Guard. Colonel Brekhoff and Schrag are up in the mountains with their weaponry. Colonel Brekhoff, you are escaping across the crevice. I'm not blind. Shrage, bring up our vehicle. We're moving out. Big two-page spread. First two-page spread we've ever seen in G.I. Joe, with the exception of the blueprint of the pit. Uh, and it is action-packed. Uh-oh, here come the Russians. Yeah, so what we've got going on is the RTV is attempting to cross the ravine haphazardly, if you can see one of the wheels is like hanging off. They've got the vamp on the crane, lifting it up over top of them. Stalker and Clutch are standing up, shooting fire. The, the vamp turret is firing. The turrets of the RTV are firing. Scarlet's got her crossbow out. On the other side of the page, we've got the entire October Guard cast, and they are all, they've got all their weapons out. Uh, Stormovic is on, like the, a turret gun. Horror shows firing a rocket launcher off. They are also in a similar kind of balloon tire vehicle for good for jumping or whatever like they're literally just jumping the ravine themselves Mm -hmm. like it's it's an this is an insane there's so much stuff happening in this two-page spread 
Did this uh, did this vehicle ever get made? No, you won't see. Other than convention exclusive, there are no October Guard vehicles. Mm. We'll talk a little bit about the end, about the unfortunate fate of how hard it is for to get October Guard fi- figures made, and how few there are have been in the lifespan of the GI Joe universe. But uh, yeah, they got the short end of the stick and the merchandising. I mean, I guess you know, you don't want an old uh, what was it McCarthy thinking you're a secret communist <laughs> by buying communist toys. And I I couldn't agree more with that. I'm sure the mentality there was we don't want to make Russian characters. That's the uh, counterintuitive to the idea of GI Joe. And so I I get that. We I mean couple that with the idea that. Uh, Quinn, the tracker, also did not have a figure made in the vintage era because they were just like, they didn't think there was any sales potential there. And while that may seem outlandish to most of us, you have also have to remember that this is a time where most toy producers were like, boys will not buy girl toys. Like, there were so few female figures mm-hmm. back then. And that's true even up into the 90s. I can remember buying X-Men toys, like when Toy Biz was putting them out. And, dude, they didn't make a Jean Grey forever. I mean, it took forever for a Jean Grey figure to come out. To the point to where I would have to use other female toys from other lines. Like, I think I had a Janine from Ghostbusters. That was my Jean Grey. <laughs> and, I mean, like, it was... It was rough, so I I get why they didn't make the figures. It was just a bummer that it took so long to get anything from the line. Yeah, it just seems like, especially like in those early days, bad guys in general were harder to come by. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's that going all the way back to our history of episode. Uh, I think we touched on it where they designed those thirteen Joes, and then uh, I don't remember who it was. They were just like, well, they need someone to. Someone to fight. Yeah, that, that was Larry. <laughs> Larry was like, "Well, who are they going to fight?" And they hadn't even considered that they would need like an, an actual enemy. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so that's when they became the faceless, you know, the, the Cobra. It, it is often a secondhand thought, I guess, uh, in that. But you know what? The October Guard matters to us here at Indiana Jones. <laughs> I love the October Guard, and I'll I'll say it every time they come up that they're they are a great third factor because they're not. They're not bad guys. They just are. They have a goal that is different than the GI Joe team. They're like uh, the inverse of the Joes. Like they're doing it for the same reasons. It's a cool third factor. Like you, GI Joe versus Cobra is is a classic thing. But when you add in a third element, that is, an, they're you know they're another enemy of both enemies. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that really makes things kind of go into high gear. Yeah. Americanski fools, the October Guard will teach you the error of your capitalist ways. You tell them, horror show. Hang on, Stormovic. We're going to land hard. No, Dana. Our balloon tires will absorb the shock. So, at the end of this two-page spread, you can see that Scarlet has hit their balloon tire with her crossbow. I got their front tire, Steeler. Good shot, Scarlet. Those Russians are in for a big surprise. Yeah, I did not notice that. With all of the Mm action-packed lasers and stuff, I did not realize that that's what that line was. So, the October Guard hits the ground, but where Scarlet has punctured their balloon tire... Oh no, our tires will self-seal against bullets, but not arrows. And it it flips, and they all come spilling out of it. Looks like the October Guard's down for the count. Look again, it keeps shooting. Up, everybody! Get undercover! So the October Guard is taking position amongst rocks in the battlefield. 
and they're continuing to fight as the RTV lands on the other side and they place the vamp off down on the ground off the crane. Doesn't anything stop those guys? I hear the Russian answer to our G.I. Joe team. If they're the answer, what's the question? Scarlet, cover the left. They may try to outflank us. I've had enough of this. It's time to pull an old chestnut out of the textbook. Steeler gets on the horn with Flash. Flash, stand by all gun turret controls. Ready to fire, Steeler. The textbook says, The advantage in any battle is always with the side that holds the high ground. There's a little Star Wars yeah. for you there, buddy. <laughs> I, it's it's corrupted me so much that I see those words together and hear it in my head. <laughs> so the front the front occupying like portion of the RTV extends upwards and then forwards and so they're just like shooting straight down at them at an angle basically it's like fish in a barrel yeah man that would have been such a cool play feature like yeah, this, this issue is the perfect like they don't even have to make it like a commercial and it makes me want to buy one a lot of a lot of great originality from these early books where by necessity they were having to design things to kind of spice the book up because that there was not a lot of stuff available toy wise. So they were just kind of, uh, creating it as they go. And I think you see a lot of cool stuff come out of that. Colonel Brekhov, we are pinned it down. What's our plan of attack? Our plan? Horror show. Our plan will be to do what we were trained to do. To do what my father did at Stalingrad. What my grandfather did at the Eastern Front. Attack! So they charge out from behind the rocks, and they're going. They're basically almost within hand-to-hand distance of them at this point. Even horror show has has drawn like a scimitar, like they have some pretty wild hand-to-hand weapons. <laughs> Stalker sees them coming. Get ready, Joe's. It's going to be hand-to-hand and tooth and nail. So this, so they're they are. It's literally hand-to-hand combat at this point. They've charged them and they couldn't shoot them down in time, and now it's fist to face. Sturmavik takes no pleasure in defeating a woman. Come on, you ugly little runt. Y'all haven't beaten me yet. Ugly? Right down to the bone. And you can't fight either. Scarlet flips Stormavik over her head. Horror Show's got two of the Joes and a big bear hug as another is coming down from on top. Need help, Horror Show? Yet, Danny. I'm having a wonderful time. But Shrek, maybe he's having some problems. Shrek and Clutch are fist fighting it out. Pig, you are becoming very annoying. You're going to be more annoyed when I plant a knuckle sandwich and you're flapping your app. Look, behind you. Uh- nice try, Colonel, but that trick's older than your Georgian yogurt suckers. I don't know what that means. Does that mean cigar? Georgian yogurt suckers. Can you Google that? I am. That trick's older than your Georgian yogurt suckers. I need to hear it again. I'm I'm nothing. That trick's older than your Georgian yogurt suckers. If you know what that means, leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Write us directly to anything Joe's podcast at gmail.com. I would love to know what that's supposed to what that is a reference to. That trick's older than your Georgian yogurt suckers. Wait, isn't isn't Georgia a country? Yeah. Maybe like maybe that's like a like a turn of phrase for his yogurt suckers? His face <laughs> or or maybe a yogurt sucker is like a grandmother maybe i don't know that's 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 a weird one well, let me leave me some leave me some feedback on that i would love to know what everybody thinks that's a reference to no trick is that your backup team what no aren't they red army reinforcements yet 
Everybody turns around and they are absolutely surrounded by a preposterous amount of Cobra officers. They've got choppers flying in. They're like literally dropping people down on top of the RTV. They are uh, they are surrounded in all senses of the word. Throw down your weapons. Resistance is futile. You are all prisoners of Cobra Command. Pack it in, Joes. They've got a reinforced regiment out there. As Marshal Zukov once said, discretion is the better part of valor. A wise decision, gentlemen. Sergeant, collect their arms. Yes, Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander is strolling out amongst the officers. Then you may line up all the prisoners by the ravine and kill them. To be continued. So our first two-part G.I. Joe story also. I guess at this point they were probably like, well, they ain't going to cancel us, so let's spread it out a little bit. <laughs> Cobra Commander seems so cool in this issue. He absolutely does seem much more like not cowardly at Competent. all. Yeah, but he, he does have odds in his favor. Yeah. So I think that's a big part I mean, of it as well. He's got at least three helicopters and, I don't know, 30 people just in that, at least 30 people in that top panel. Like, he he doesn't have to be cowardly when he's got that kind of advantage. Yeah, when you and, got- like the the only vehicles that are there in use are unmanned because they're fighting. Yep. So what are your thoughts on issue six, Jaren? I'm not going to lie. I was, I, I still am very confused as to either what Hawk's plan is or if Hawk is Zartan or if like, I don't know. Like, why did he give them all of the details? Why did he do this to us? All will be revealed. But see, I don't, I don't have the knowledge. So like, they could kill somebody, and it would not surprise me. They haven't done it yet, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's definitely an interesting turn of events. and It makes me hate you for not letting me, not <laughs> giving me issue two. Like, now I have to wait until we read it. That's right. It's more fun to break it down in real time. <laughs> for you? Yes, for me. You had to wait for, for me it, specifically. So now I have to wait for it. <laughs> So the only other thing I'm going to talk about as we wrap up is the G.I. Joe comic book three pack that we always talk about in these early issues. Oh, yeah. So they did release a three pack for issue number six, and it comes with three figures, and they're all October Guard figures. Go figure. I was about to ask. They they uh, let, me, let me see if I can guess it. So Commander, Horror Show, and the Girl. That's my guess. It is Colonel Breckoff, the Commander, uh, Dana, the Girl, and Shrag. Ah, I, that was going to be my guess, but I was like, ah, horror shows, they, they had him holding multiple Joes, like, come on. Um, and th- these are the first, like, this This came out in 2005, and was the, I mean, the best true uh, October Guard offerings that we had gotten to date. They had put out some stuff, there was a three-pack in 1998 that came out uh, through Toys R Us, and but it sucked, it was like... There was a Colonel Breckoff, which was just a basically a repaint of a character that they had issued through the regular run called Red Star. Um, mm-hmm. They put out a character called Lieutenant Gorky, who is a later member of the October Guard. And that figure is also a repaint of another uh, original October Guard character called Big Bear. Didn't look anything like him. I mean, nothing like him. And then they had a female called Volga, who was supposed to be Dan, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But... Uh, it, she was just like a Lady J repaint, and it was not good either. And so these three packs were like a big deal. Like these were the first time we were getting October Guard figures that actually kind of resembled what they looked like in the comic. 
and mm-hmm. I haven't talked about it on the show before, but they did do a convention line, uh, a convention set of the modern figures, and that was the 2012 G.I. Joe Collectors Club, and they are wonderful. Like, just the absolute best rendition of the October Guard that we had gotten to date. And they are also insanely expensive. <laughs> it's probably one of the most expensive convention sets to date. And, or I mean, rightfully so. They they really did a fantastic job with it. And considering that the Collector's Club uh, convention sets, just like the FSS, use existing molds and typically just make new heads, uh, they really knocked it out of the park. And some of the head molds are just exceptional. It's a It's a really really good set and if you have it do you have this set i do have this set and i but i don't have it and it's not complete um Mm. my i got a deal on the set that was just the october guard and the box that it came in so the box sets Mm. usually all the convention sets from this time frame are always um like 13 figures or something like that but historically they pad that set out and what I mean by that is they would be like, all right, here's this week. This year's set is Tiger Force versus Dreadnoughts. And then seven of those 13 figures would all be like a generic Dreadnought. Like they'd be the same mold, maybe with mm. different color hair. Or they'd be like Destro's Iron Grenadiers. And then they'd make like seven Iron Grenadiers, right? So as someone that is on a budget permanently, it seems like, I was like, Initially, just shopping around for individual figures, I thought maybe I can buy them one at a time over several years, and I'll just get the October Guards. Like if I just get, you know, these six figures, that's really all I want. Well, I just happened to find a dude on eBay that was selling exactly that. He was selling just those six figures and the box, so the other parts are missing. But I really don't care, and. I made him an offer on it that I cannot publicly make on a podcast that my wife sometimes listens to, but uh, (laughs) he was willing to entertain it and it was a good price. Again, it was still very expensive and was in the high three digits, Um, but it was worth it to me. It's probably one of the, my favorite modern things I have in my collection. And these are all low, always low print. Like there's not a ton of these sets out period. So, which is why I'm always like, every time we talk about what I'm looking for, I'm like, well, I'm looking for this convention exclusive figure that came out. He's about $200 for one figure. <laughs> uh, that's why I only buy one or two a year. Uh, but I slowly work on my way through that list. Anyway, I was very fortunate to pick this up and I do. I, it's amazing. It's like a really big uh, piece of my collection that I, that I love a whole big old bunch. And there's a comic book three pack for the next issue as well. That has three more figures that we'll talk about then also. And that's going to do it for us today. I uh, thanks so much for listening. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, me throwing money at people to do Russian accents. If that's <laughs> something that you thought added to the merit of the podcast, let us know. And I'll see if I can make Jaren pay for the next one. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Well, you know, we'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget that you can reach us on our socials. That's anything Joe's pod on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email us directly to anything Joe's podcast at gmail.com. And you can find our YouTube channel on our Facebook, anything Joe's. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again in two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on anything Joe's.